0: Mike Claiborne joins us, clavesonline.com. He has some great people working with him and uh, one of our all-time favorites. Bob Ramsey is a regular on clavesonline.com. And Mike is with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Claibs, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Everything's good. It was great to see you on Sunday. And I was thinking as I was watching Chaser in his address at, at the Bob Plager Memorial were the storytellers that you and I had a chance to listen to over the years, Bobby Plager and Jim Hannafin and Gibson and Brock, man, we have lost a lot of great storytellers from our market in the last calendar year.
2: Uh, You're right, Randy. Um, I know you posed that question. I started to think about it. And I guess the last great living storyteller uh, that probably saw as much as anyone is Mike Shannon. Right. I mean, you know, when you think back at the other ones and, and all the people you named were great ones, but you know, and there's an art to it. I think that in, in the years that you and I've been around, I think the key is to be good listeners, uh, because you know these guys obviously paid attention to things they thought would be something they could pass on, and uh, it, it's been it's been helpful for sure. But you're you're right, you're, your point. They just aren't, me- and you know, I'll throw Dan Deardorff. In that I was going to say too. we
0: we have to save her, uh-huh. Dan.
2: Yeah. I mean, we don't see him as much and and you really don't hear as much from him as we need to. Uh, But you know what? He saw a lot and he's a great picture painter as well.
1: One common thread in all of those guys that you just mentioned, too, is their zest for life. All those guys lived life really, really hard, which probably lends to the stories (laughs) that they have to tell, which is I I don't know. I, I just look at people like that and think I hope that I have that same joy for life.
2: Well, you know, what? Uh, I call them survivors of society. Uh, <laughs> they they have done so much in, in so many different ways. And, and I've never asked them, but, you know, I'm sure at some point they have to wake up the day after and just say, wow, that was fun. Uh, and, and they just kind of count their blessings because everybody isn't afforded those opportunities. And, you know, the way the world works today, I'm not sure if a lot of those guys could have gotten through the things that they did then, if they had to do it now. I just think there's just too many things that would preclude them from doing that. But, you know, uh, it's a great generation that we we certainly cherish, and and hopefully there'll be another generation that'll come along with good stories that they can pass on.
0: Klabes, before we get to baseball, i got to ask you about the Blues, because you and I both spent a half-century being frustrated by the Blues before they won the Stanley Cup. What's your read right now on what you're seeing from them?
2: Well, it's a team that doesn't have the the, the makeup that I, I think we expected them to. Uh, the the commitment isn't there for everyone. Everybody's not bought in. And I, I look at Craig Berube, who, in my opinion, keeps it simple. I mean, you know, he's a he's a frank, direct person. Uh, he gives guys a chance to play themselves on and off the roster. So I, I don't really blame him because he's treating them like professionals, and some people aren't aren't adhering to it like they need to. Um, they may have their work cut out for uh, you know. And I know people say, well, you know this, you know they won the cup a couple of years ago. Yeah, but those guys haven't shown up all year. I mean, it's been a real makeover as far as you look at the defense corps. Is Vince Dunn the only guy left? from from that Stanley Cup team. And you, when you make changes like that, and some of them would do and some of them were unfortunate, you know, obviously losing uh, Jay Bomeester and, and Petrangelo are, are two guys that were certainly important, but they went from being a big, sturdy defense to a smaller, maybe a little bit more agile. But, you know, in their in the heavy game that they played, it doesn't work well. And how they fix it, I don't know. You've got some young players that you want to take a longer look at, and I think at this point you might as well because you got to make some changes in the off season at some point. Mm-hmm. But with regard to them getting to the playoffs, I, I really think they have uh, their hands full.
1: Cleves, let's talk some Cardinals baseball. The Cardinals defeat the Nationals 12-5 to last night. We've been talking today about this feast or famine offense. Obviously, the Cardinals feasted last night, but what do you think are some of the contributing factors to this team's pendulum swing when it comes to their offensive production?
2: Well, you know, the offense to me is when they come out swinging. Uh, you know, last night they jumped on some guys early in the count. You know, they didn't let it get too deep. Um, and, and I think when you look back at some of the other games this year where they've had some offensive success, they've gone after guys early. They didn't let pitchers get settled in. Uh, they didn't let pitchers throw me that get me over first pitch strike. They they were looking for it early, and they made them pay for it. Now, at some point, teams will make an adjustment and maybe not give them such, so many good pitches to hit early. But I, I think their moniker is swing early, swing often. Uh, and, you know, because it, these guys and, – and it's really something around baseball. We just don't have a lot of good two-strike hitters anymore, okay? And, and there was an art to that at one point. Or if you're like Willie McGee, Willie McGee would always – I know somebody asked him, how do you deal with when you get – when you had two strikes on you? He said, well, I never let it get to two strikes. You know, there's some guys <laughs> who just who just don't want to have that. So, you know, you have to be, I think, smarter and looking earlier – Uh, in the count. And I think what's also important, um, you know, we have so much technology today where guys can look at video and now they even have it on the bench, just watch the game. And and you'll see what a guy has and what he can get over for strikes that particular night, because the video and the scouting report may not tell you that maybe his arm was barked or maybe he had a bad bullpen where he wasn't, his his breaking ball wasn't working. So maybe he's going to throw more fastballs. So, in my opinion, you you have to sit there and you have to watch it and you have to be able to exchange information in real time. Uh, So, I I think that's one of the reasons why they've been more aggressive now. Obviously, we're all fingers crossed tonight because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, every time that they have a big game like they did last night, we say, oh, here we go. (laughs) You know, this give them confidence. And then somebody will come out and just – Give it to him. And, and, you know, we're all looking at each other like, well, how did that happen? So it, it's going to be an, an interesting tilt tonight. Um, and obviously, it would be nice if Adam Wayne can get through five innings and get to six. We saw Flaherty last night, uh, first guy to get to six. And, and, you know, what he should. And, you know, in all honesty, and just hearing him talk last night, Randy, you heard him talking about the fact he probably needs to be better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and his problem is this. He gets up two strikes on a guy and then starts spiking curveballs or or sliders, and all of a sudden it's 3-2. So all of a sudden those pitches start to add up, you know, as far as your pitch count's concerned. So he's got to be more aggressive in going with pitches he knows he can get people out on compared to making it look good for the strikeout.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys too that has the ability. It's O2. He can bury a guy. And there's so exactly. many there's so many guys in baseball that that try to get cute and it's it's not just the Cardinals. It's all over and that's why pitch, pitch counts are so high because you get O2 and these hitters are so disciplined that they aren't going to swing at balls. So you throw a, throw your best strike on O2. I
2: couldn't agree with you more. Um, and it's just a trend, and and, uh, and you know what, the game has come down to strikeouts and home runs, and we forget about all the intangibles in between that that make the game a successful t- for for a team and for a player, because we become so obsessed with those things because those things um, draw attention, those things create bigger contracts, those things. Or, or items that give you the reputation that you hope to have as being a very good player in the game. And there's obviously a lot of other things you can do, and you, you still have the command and respect uh, of being a good player in the game if you do some of those things as well.
1: Claves Tommy Edmund with a home run last night. He has been putting together quite the start to the season. It just seems like whatever the Cardinals throw at him, he's doing and doing at a high level.
2: It's a good thing Yachty's got job security because Edmund would be catching at some point. <laughs> I mean, he, he's that good. And, and you know, he, we, we talk about him as a Swiss Army knife. He He's your best outfielder, as we speak. Um, you know, he's playing second base as well as anybody right now. And you know what? He's finding a way to get on base. He's the only guy that's stolen bases on the team. Uh, he just does everything. And, you know, one of the things about him, I, I, I said it when we, when we first saw him, You know, don't look at his numbers. Just look at his production and look at his impact. Uh, And because he does little things that makes him uh, a very viable player for this ball club and somebody they desperately needed because we didn't know what the leadoff spot was going to look like once Colton Long left. And, you know, Tommy has stepped in and done a very nice job. Uh, I know that he's not your prototypical leadoff guy where maybe he doesn't walk as much as you would like to see him. But, man, you know, when he gets on base, he runs a base as well. He can steal a base, and he he makes things happen. And and defensively, you know, he's done a really solid job in the outfield. And and hopefully he'll play more infield at some point because we'll find some outfielders that can be a little bit more consistent.
0: One of the highlights of Klabe's online is the Daily Cards podcast. And – Mike, I got to ask you this. Joe Roderick and, and Rammer did it yesterday. Have you ever met anybody that gets more joy, experiences more glee about talking about a lineup than Bob Ramsey? Never. <laughs> Never.
2: Uh, you know, I can't wait to see his kids get married to make sure the the, the, the bridal party is lined up properly. You know, that, that's how intense he might become on this. No, no, no. You're taller. You need to be here. And no, you're you're uh, your booting here. No, uh, no, we got to do that a different way. And uh, you know, he, he is, he, he takes it serious. He puts great thought into it and uh, he has a lot of fun with it. And Joe Roderick is the same guy. He's just a little younger, but you know, to hear those two go back and forth is something I would suggest people tune into because it is a lot of fun. And this isn't just a couple of guys that would be sitting in a bar. They've actually paid attention to to what's going on. And while they may not have the splits and all the stats that the manager may have, uh, they apply a lot of common sense in what their eyes tell them, and, and it's, it's become a real fun segment for the website.
0: It's at clavesonline.com. Cards and Nationals tonight on the Cardinal Network. And, Claves, we're looking forward to it. Thank you very much.
2: Always good to visit with you guys, and let's see if we can hang at least, what, a half a dozen tonight. If That'd we get a great.
0: half a dozen tonight, I think we'll be in good shape.
2: Do it two in a row.
0: That'll be great. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good day. You too, Michael. Take care. That is uh,
3: Mike Claiborne with us on 101 ESPN. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.